Welcome to the Most True You podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Irene. We have Janine Bell joining us today. She is the host of the Thanks Divorce podcast. And Janine and I have actually traded podcast episodes. So she interviewed me for her podcast, and now I get to interview her for the Most True You podcast. So Janine, thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation on your show now. Yay. (laughs) Well, why don't you introduce yourself as you like to be known, and we'll go from there. Sure. I am Janine. I can say that where I am right now. I'm going through a divorce, as the name of my podcast might suggest. I'm currently in Jamaica. I can speak to where I am right now. (laughs) Currently in Jamaica. So you might have heard of a motorcycle go by. And so a lot of things are in transition at the Mm -hmm. moment. Historically, I, well, also currently, I'm a mother of two small children. They are four and six. I love them dearly. They're brilliant. Historically, I've I've been a, a model. I had a mobile application that I founded and and did well with for some years. I had a fashion line. I'm a multi-hyphenate. I'm a writer. I do many, many things. But right now, my main focus is momming, getting through this divorce, and rebuilding my life as I'd like to see it. Those three things, that adds up to a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My full. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, what does it look like for you at this point to live as your most true you? To live as my most true self, one would be to reclaim my name mm-hmm. post divorce. I was in, I was introduced as Janine Bell. That is the name I was born with, not my current legal name. I'll, I'll say that but it will be my legal name in the future. So it's kind of like my past and my present, my past and my my future. It also means saying yes when I mean yes, saying no when I mean no, following my intuition at every turn, having what's highest and best in mind through all of my decisions, and also having compassion for myself when I fall short. So there's, there's like a capacity building that's happening mm-hmm. about myself. And I can see how that relates to everyone else in my life. So if I have the ability to you know, trust myself, learn myself, and have grace for myself, I also have the capacity to do that for other people. Yes. Uh, where, where expectations might live and disappointment might, might come up, there's also that grace and compassion for Hey, we're we're all human and we're all doing our very best in every single moment. And I firmly believe that. I love that. And I think that is really powerful because it really is something that comes when you can give yourself that compassion and understanding and grace, you really can give it to others. Yeah. And it like, like it doesn't work without that. I I really believe that and I'm coming to learn that because it's easy to point the finger and project and, and say like, oh, you're wrong or you didn't do this enough or you didn't. But then when you're able to see yourself and say like, oh, you don't do those things either or you don't do other things in other realms. Yeah. It's a great mirror and and a wake up call for at least for me to really see like we we're just human and, and no one's perfect and no one has to be. Yeah. And yeah, and that really gives depth to that because I think it's easy to say no one's perfect and then kind of go on as, you know, 
maintaining our expectations of others. But when we release those, then it's like, not only are you not perfect, you also don't have to live up to my expectations of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easier time in life when that's the lens through which I see things and I see people and, and just having understanding and just like, you know what, that's where you are and that's fine. And you don't have to be anywhere else in this moment. And, and that's fine. And, and I'm, I'm where I am. And I'm in process and everybody is. Yeah, I love that. I want to go back to what you said about reclaiming your name. That's something that was really, really important to me as well. It looked a little bit different for me, but I want to know, what does the name Janine mean? Do you know what the meaning is behind I it? I looked it up years ago and I I remember it meaning like gift of God. Like it's a, it's a spinoff of John. Okay. It turned into like the feminine... Janine, I believe, like, don't quote me on that, but I, I think it's either God's gift or gift of God or something around that. Gosh, that's powerful. And then bell, I was thinking when you said that about just all the different symbolism of bells, right? Like bells are used to ring out if there's, you know, good news that's used to ring out if there's a warning. <clears throat> bells are, you know, people use bells to like clear the energy in their homes. There's so many different Thanks. I'm wondering if there's something specific to you that you love about that part of your name. Oh, I never really thought about any of those things. Honestly, I just love that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get really weird then. (laughs) (laughs) I love it because I I mean, I I just was using my bell recently to clear the space. Um, Cool. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I definitely ascribe to that. But I just love that it's my connection to my father. My father gave me that name from his father, et cetera, et cetera. And my father passed away when I was 18 years old Okay, and we have the same birthday. So I feel like a really deep connection Aww. to him. Oh yeah. P.S. My daughter has the same birthday as us too. It's three of us. <gasps> on birthday. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're unicorns or something. I don't know. And that's pretty meaningful. I feel like there's probably a lot of depth to that. There must be. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't happen every day. Okay. But yeah, so I, I just love Belle. I, I like going back to Bell because I feel connected to my father when I say it, when I use it, when it goes to like Janine Bell together, just feels like a song to me. Like I, I really enjoy my full name. I love it. It does sound like a song. And then the <laughs> meaning behind it just adds so much. I love that. For me, I really went back and forth on, do I keep my married name as my legal name? Do I go back to my maiden name? Because mm-hmm. neither of them felt like me. And mm. that's how I ended up deciding to just stick with Kelly Irene. And then I added the I in front of that for everything I do online because it was like, I just felt like I was claiming myself, like mm. I, Kelly Irene, yeah. stand in this space. Okay. So I'm kind of seeing this vision of Janine Bell ringing out all the gifts mm. that she has been given. Yes. <laughs> I received that. Let's claim that. Yes. That's yes. What's happening. <laughs> Yes. I I know the feeling of that not feeling like your name, like you're not really connecting to to either one. Um yeah. I met I met someone recently who is changing her last name completely. Like it's a okay. whole new word. <laughs> and I think that that's pretty cool too. Any aspect of self-possession and what resonates with you, like go with that, whatever yes. that means. And you know, the conversation around how do you explain that to your children? Mm-hmm. Because they have the last name of your ex-husband and you're going to have a different one and all that. Um, I think it's an ongoing conversation to have with my small ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they will understand 
when they at some point in time, it'll all yeah. make sense, but it yeah. may feel like a disconnection or like some creating more distance, but they don't under, they don't understand quite yet what it means for mommy to do something for mommy because yeah. for them, I either do for them or nothing else. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> nobody to do anything else. And I was um, a stay-at-home mom in my marriage. So for the majority of their, you know, four and six years of being on this planet, like my only attention has been on them and not yeah. my own thing. So they're, they're, they're seeing my evolution as well. Like they're seeing the growth and changes. And I try to do my best to really describe what's happening. Cool. And put it in like children's terms. Like, you know how you didn't know how to run? But and then you used to crawl and like like you're growing and getting better. Like I'm also growing and getting better and learning new things. So um just trying to translate it for them as we navigate this, you know, space together. That's such a good way to to put it because it is at that age, and mine were just a year older each when I got divorced. It is hard for them to wrap their heads and their emotions and everything around what's happening in their lives. But to be able to at least point to some of these things, like, you know, maybe we can't explain to them why we're divorced, but we can Mm -hmm. explain like, look, here's some of what's coming out of this. Here's what's going on in our lives now. And, you know, still honoring their experiences, but also being able to begin the process of showing them that there are there's a whole other element to this. Yeah. Yeah. I try to put myself in their shoes to like, like their purview of like what's going on. Yeah. Try to come from that space to make it make sense to them, even though yep. it may not, but, I, but Hey, yeah. it might, you know, you never, you, you never know. You could be surprised with how much understanding a, a child would have. Yeah. Um, and they certainly respond well to having you put, you know, the fact that you are putting yourself in their shoes is really powerful. I'm sure for them. Yeah, I want them to feel respected and like feel yeah. like human beings, not like oh, children in the corner, seen and not heard mm. type of thing. Like you, you might not have all the say in it, but let me <laughs> at least explain some things as it's going on around you. Yeah, yeah, I resonate with that a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's <great. laughs> I feel like I'm doing a great job. Like I pat myself on the back every once Good. in a while. I feel like I'm doing, I mean, it's a pandemic. There's a divorce happening. Like there's so many things. And my children are what seems to be like well and and still shining bright and still having a good time. So I feel uh, like I'm doing something at least decently good. <laughs> yeah, good. You should definitely pat yourself on the back for that. Because if your kids are doing well at this point, that's not on accident. Yeah, thoroughly enjoy and enjoy motherhood in general. Cool. Well, I want to dig in a little bit to your journey and especially as it relates to you coming to this point where you are, you know, you're able to pat yourself on the back for doing a good job as a mom. You're able to own the fact that you are growing and changing not only with yourself, but with your kids and with the outside world. So I'll let you go back as far as you want to in that, but I would love to hear what that process has been for you coming to this point in your life. Ooh. Yeah, it's been a journey. I, I know that from the very beginning of like having children, I, I was very intentional about everything, every single thing. So when I found out I was pregnant, even before pregnancy, I was like, I got to eat differently. Like I have to prepare my body for, <laughs> for mm-hmm. a person to be in there. So being like super intentional, then having the children and, and doing the breastfeeding and blah, 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 to being home with them and even micro 
decisions. Like if we're leaving in five minutes, say if they're, they're, you know, three and four years old or, or three and five, if we're leaving, I'll give you a heads up. Like, Hey, I don't want any tantrums happening anytime soon. So like, just so you know, put it on your radar. <laughs> we're leaving soon. <laughs> <laughs> so like treating them just like as their own human beings. I feel like we are, we're, we're doing well, like as, as a unit, but I know that going through this divorce has been a journey for them and myself as well around my own feeling guilt, guilt and feeling like a failure and feeling like I'm going to be the reason that they need therapy. Like just mm. owning all of that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't actually have to take on all of that. I will, like they will be in therapy because I feel like every single person needs it, but <laughs> I won't be the only reason. I might be one of the reasons, <laughs> but, but life gives you other things. Okay. It's not just going to be, I'm not going to bear the burden of all of that being on me. So once I really rid myself of like that guilt, I can really get to a place of like, all right, who do I want to be? What, like, what do I want to live into? What am I creating? And being very intentional about every decision of my life. Like everything's under a microscope, what stays, what goes. It felt like I had a whiteboard of my life and there were things written on it, pictures, words, all these things. And I decided to like wipe it clean and get a new pen, a brand new, like a new marker and write what I wanted on it. And mm-hmm. that was down to the decor in my my home because I moved out of my uh, marital home. The decor, colors on the wall, what food do I want to eat or not eat? What am I letting go? What habits am I picking up? Like I I am now regularly in the gym and that has <laughs> not been the case. Maybe maybe when I was in college, I thought it was cute and fun to like do it. But <laughs> like, as an adult, I don't think I've had a run this long. It's usually like, you know, ebbs and flows. You you go at the top of the year and you're out by March type of thing. So yes. this is the like just making decisions and finding new hobbies. Like, what do I like to do? I had to really remember what does Janine like to do as a person outside of motherhood, outside of being a wife or a sister, a friend, anything. What do I like to do? The two things that I know that I've picked back up is roller skating because I can. And it's like, it's really good for for quarantine. Like when it was the top of the quarantine, I was like, oh, Ooh, yeah, by myself. I don't have to touch anybody or see anyone. And also a very like solo sport is racquetball. I've picked up oh. racquetball again and I love it. And I love doing it. And I love how I feel afterwards. I'm really like chasing the feeling of my joy, but also what can make me proud. So I, I can be proud of myself when I go for a run and I finish it, or I can be proud when I if I say I'm going to go roller skating on my birthday or whatever day and I go do it and it feels good to do. And I'm just, I'm just following that. <laughs> That's the carrot in front of me. Like, yeah. where does your joy live? Where does your yes live? Where does your, I'm proud of myself live and just keep, keep on doing that thing. I haven't been steered wrong yet. <laughs> That's awesome. I love this. Where does your yes live? I'm going to be writing that down like on my mirror. That's going to be a quote from Janine Hill. Where does your yes live? I think that's a brilliant question. And I love that you're combining what's important to you, right? It's important to you to feel joy. It's important to you to feel proud of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you're asking yourself, where do those two things intersect? And it's not in running, it's in roller skating. So it's really cool that you are hearing yourself and allowing yourself to have those desires and then to actually do them. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you feel like 
comes naturally to you? Or do you feel like that's something you've had to build up to? I know since a young age, I've always felt like I've had the power to like make things happen. Like if I say Mm -hmm. I want something, I'm going to find a way to get that thing. I also have just an overall, I don't know the right word, but like there's a belief. So there's a belief. Yeah, that's the word. (laughs) There's a belief in me that everything is figure outable. Mm. That's not a real word, but it's definitely like a firm belief of mine that everything is figure outable, whether that means I'm upset now and I know that I won't be upset later. Like I can figure out how to not be upset. Mm. Um, So that's a core belief of mine. And then there's, you know, there has been a part of my life where I wasn't manifesting or I wasn't creating the life that I want or even creating what I want and then seeing like, oh, I don't actually want that. Like with modeling, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Let me not, (laughs) let me not do that and turn around and change. But I was actually running towards it at some point in time. So I'm going to go make this thing happen. Yes. And then no, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And being able to figure that out, whatever that is. Yeah. So when I get into a space where I can see that, oh, you you haven't been doing what you want or, or what's best for you at this moment, or what was best four years ago is not best right now, mm. the course correction, there's there's a, what, what I'm call, I call like a muscle to, to, to re-strengthen in the yeses and like going towards those as opposed to not listening to them at all or hearing a no and saying yes instead or Maybe there's a part of me that is attached to a certain outcome that goes towards that thing, but it doesn't really align with like what I actually want in my core. Yeah. And sidebar, maybe marriage is one of those things because, because <laughs> you know, you get to a certain age, you're like, I need to be married by a certain time and da da da, make this thing happen. And so you go and manifest it, sure. But then when I was going through my divorce, like the earlier months, I had a friend who I've known since I was 15 years old. And he said, yeah, I remember there was this girl who was so anti-marriage and she used to like blog about it. And all of a sudden she got married. And I was like, wow, that's so wild. Who, who's that you're talking about? He was like, you, you what? get married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about you. So there was a part of me that was like, I didn't, I don't think I wanted to do a thing at some point in time. And then I went and did it. And I was like, oh, wait, um, actually I don't want it in this way, or I don't want this right now or whatever. And the, and and also falling back on my ability to figure things out or to, to know that everything will be okay. Like I honestly mm. feel that in my yeah. core, that no matter what happens in my entire life, I could be, I don't know, without a home or without, I don't know, food on the table, whatever it is. I, I honestly feel like I will figure it out. Things will be okay. And I don't know if that's nature or nurture or just I was just born that way, but it's never been wrong. Yeah. I love hearing that because you're coming from a very empowered place that I think not everybody even allows themselves to be in. So whether it's something that you, you know, that comes naturally to you, something that you have to work toward, the fact that you allow yourself to live in that empowered space Mm -hmm. is what matters most in that, is that you're allowing yourself to live in that. Yeah. I I wish I could, I don't know, explain that, how that's even possible. Mm. Sometimes it feels like it's in my DNA or maybe my, my mom just whispered messages in my ear when I was in the crib. It's like, I'm not exactly sure. If that works, I'm going to start doing it. It's not too late to whisper in my kids' ears when they're sleeping. It's not, it's not. You can do hard things. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I don't like to see suffering. 
And there's something that happens in the world, small and large, that certain, like people just have a certain relationship with suffering that they tolerate or withstand, or like maybe they feel like they deserve at some point in their lives, or there's just a a level of suffering that I I almost reject, (laughs) for lack of a better term. And I, I want no suffering for everyone. Partially why I started my own podcast. So people can hear stories and maybe be inspired and, and, and make certain moves or feel liberated or empowered by whatever they hear by someone yeah. else's stories. Because I don't think that we need to suffer. And if we do, it doesn't have to be long-term or even, yeah, it doesn't have to be long-term. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about that because my, when you say that I have this, like, and I think this is, this is not a criticism on what you're saying. I'm recognizing this in myself that I have this voice that's like, yeah, but some people can't help it that they suffer and we need to not just like overlook that. And I think that that's true, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't negate or invalidate any of what you are saying about Mm -hmm. your own experience with suffering. And because I, as you're saying that, that resonates a lot with me because I think I'm really similar in that, that like, I just know it's going to work out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be hard. You know, I had years where my mom was paying half my rent. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't make my electricity bill, I'd call her. If I didn't have money to put food on the table, I'd call my sister. Like, and that's something that not everybody has, but I knew the resources that I had and was able to just say like, somehow or another, this is going to work out. Is it scary? Yes. Do yeah. I hate the fact that I don't know if I can provide dinner for my kids tonight? Mm-hmm. I hate that. Like that was incredibly difficult. And yet even in that, there was this like underlying sense of, yes, it's scary, but yes, it's going to work out. And again, recognizing I have those resources, I had that yeah. support, that sense of knowing it's going to be okay really does give you the empowerment to kind of move forward when it's really scary to do so. Yeah. And I do want to acknowledge that it's not the same for everyone in everyone's circumstances and acknowledge my own privilege in my actual life. Like I get given things a lot just for how I look. I get free things all the time. It's weird. I come from a family that, although they don't, it doesn't seem like they had the traditional financial literacy, uh-huh. they were very proactive in creating a foundation for future generations. So I learned last year that my grandmother bought the land for the house that I'm in right now, which is my mother's house. My mother was like two years old. Wow. And my grandmother at the time was like 19. And this is her second child of five total. So her having the foresight and the vision to say, hey, I want this pile of land. And she put pieces of land in her children's name before they could like, before they graduated high school. Wow. So for her to do that, to then have my mother walk in those footsteps as well and have this home where I can be here for a month of my life, like a month. (laughs) like a vacation. I'm subletting my apartment, but just knowing that that's my reality, that's where I like how I walk through life, knowing that somebody's got me. Yeah. And not everybody has that. Yeah. So I can have that perspective because no one's saying like, no matter what, I'm going to take care of you. No one's saying that, but I know like my safety net actually exists and I'm 37 yeah. years old 
And I used to have shame around that. Like I should be on my own too and figure it out and da da da. But the, the people before me were very purposeful for situations like this. Mm-hmm. No one wants to take care of their grandchildren forever or their child forever. <laughs> but <laughs> if something happens, you want to be able to know that you can. Yes. And so at those moments, yeah. they're happy to, even though I feel guilt ridden and all the things, they're happy to do it because I prepared for this. I prepared for if anything happens, I got you and look at me, I got you. And they're and they 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 feel of service and and they're that's like their love language to provide. So I do want to acknowledge that. I mean the pretty stuff and getting free stuff, that's really small things, but the, <laughs> the, the mindset comes from knowing where I come from and what's available to me. And that's not always available to everybody else. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, I think that's, I like hearing that part of your story. Yeah. I'm grateful for it. I have, I have stopped feeling guilt around it and and been receiving because it's almost like when someone is like super loving, you're like, Ugh, what, what do you, what so much? I don't know. What did I do to deserve all of this? But like, I am now like, feel like I'm swimming in the abundance of love and, and, and understanding for decisions that were made on my behalf before I was even born. Mm. And I, I'm swimming in love, swimming in, in gratitude for that. And also just wanting to acknowledge like while my grandmother is still here, she lives down the street, by the way, it, just telling her how much I appreciate the work that she's done in every decision she's made. Cause it's always been in service of her children and her children's children and her children, like everybody. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's really neat. There's a podcast that I like listening to sometimes called the good ancestor podcast. Have you heard of it? No, but I feel like I oh, love it. It's really good. Layla, it's S-A-A-D is her last name. But what you just described from your grandmother is kind of the premise of her podcast of like, how do you live as a good ancestor and mm. intentionally for the people coming after us? And I think it's just such a cool concept. And I've listened to a few episodes, but it's actually one it's on my next up list. I've got a few more that I want to listen to, but anyway, I highly recommend that. That sounds great. I, I've thought about that question before. I've thought about how to prepare a legacy, like that Mm -hmm. whole, like while you're living a legacy and whatever my legacy will be. And I even thought about like, this is really odd, but I was like, hey, mom, so like when you die, is there a certain song I should listen to to connect with you? Or like, where should I find you? <laughs> like, I love that. I, like, where where, where can I look around and like feel you? Like, will it be over here in this corner? Or like, as if she can, you know, prescribe what that is. Think <laughs> about like backward and forward around ancestry and what is my legacy. And I, I, I've, I haven't landed on any one thing. But I think my ideas and my, like, whatever, I journal a lot. So my journals to learn who I am, if you want to, like, know. And anything that I've taught you verbally or any type of practice, all of that is a part of my legacy. That's so cool. Okay, so if she did answer, you don't have to give specifics, but how did your mom respond when you asked her how you're going to connect with her after she dies? Yeah, she gave me a song. She's down. She's down for whatever quirky ideas or thoughts I have. Like she's totally down. We we have a relationship where we kind of like pop up video. Like we just have a random thought and talk about it and like no segue, no (laughs) concept, no nothing. (laughs) Um, 
It doesn't matter. She's down for whatever. I even asked her many years ago, maybe like 2007 or six. I asked her to start writing in a journal to me of things that she wants me to know when she passes. So if you ever get a random thought and or idea, like put it in this one journal and like, that's my journal. That's my gift for, for me when you pass away. And she's told, she's totally down for it. She does it whenever. I don't know if there's one thing in there or 10 things in there or a hundred. I have no clue. It's not mine yet because she's still here. And I, I don't know where that idea came from, but I was like, can you do it? She said, sure. Uh, but she also felt bad because I, we, I have a sister and oh. <laughs> when <is> she, <laughs> that's not going to be the same for my sister. But my mother and I have a connection through writing that I feel like, I wouldn't say saved my life, but it really got me through a very tough time when I was younger. I was about 12, 13-ish. And that's like a tough time in mm-hmm. life, puberty, all that jazz. And we lived in the same home, you know, three bedroom home. And I wrote my mother a letter at night and put it under her door. And she read it. And I, I must be, must've been going through something like school is hard or I don't like blah, 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 whatever I'm, whatever my, my issue is, I'm just putting it in this letter and I write it to her, put it under her door. And her door is like maybe a foot away from mine. And then she writes back and puts it under my door a response filled with love and and care. And we did that for, I don't know how long. I don't know if we went like months or years. I have no idea, but we definitely did that. And the the beautiful part about that pen pal (laughs) relationship is that we never discussed what was said in those letters out loud. Wow. Like our little thing, our little conversation that only usually happened only at night and you write a letter and then you get a response back. And so writing has been one of our connections from from puberty for me. So me asking her to do that writing journal thing, she's totally down for. <laughs> she's did for you what you're doing for your kids, right? She saw you as your own human and met you there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really neat because thinking about my own mom, I think she did that in a lot of ways growing up and now. And that's something that I strive to do with my kids too. But being able to just meet your kid where they're at is, it's hard sometimes, but you know, Mm -hmm. you are, here you are 25 years later talking about how meaningful that was to you. And it's something that she easily could have just ignored. Yeah. Kudos to your mama. Yeah, kudos her. She's, she's great. Everyone thinks like their mom's the best mom, but like I feel like my mom. <laughs> oh, she's the best mom for you, but mine's the best yeah, for me. Exactly. Exactly. That's why we were born to them, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. That's cool. I heard another story, and I just want to share this because I feel like there could be some other parents out here who could benefit from this, but I heard a story recently or read it. I don't remember, but essentially it was this mom talking about how her son came out to her as transgender, but did so via text in the car. And that's another one of those of just meeting your kid where they're at that, you know, here's this kid who's trying to tell their mom something that is potentially insanely painful. Mm -hmm. And they are putting themselves at great risk for saying this. And the mom had the opportunity to flip out. She had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to 
speak about it in the car while others were there. Mm -hmm. You know, she had the opportunity to really not respect her child. And yet she was able to take a few deep breaths, I'm sure, and respond via text with like, I love you and I'm going to do exactly what you need because you are the most important person in this conversation. And no matter what it is that our kids are going through, to be able to do that is, as you've just shown, is a gift that just doesn't stop giving. So powerful. We have great power in our relationship. I mean, the power dynamic between a child and a, and a yeah. parent, and and we have great responsibility with that. And you know, sometimes we may fall short or not meet the moment, but there are those those moments that can ripple into the rest of their lives. Like how she treated that could could have sent a different trajectory for that child. Yeah. And I love that that she handled it with care. That is absolutely beautiful. I I hope to be that, that mom, whenever these types of situations arise and to be present, like just being present to what's happening. Cause yeah, you know, if someone sends you something important via text, you think like, well, why'd you send me that via text? (laughs) You know, but (laughs) this is very, I want to keep it like under wraps. This is just for you. I don't know how to say this out loud. Like sometimes you can't say it verbally. I learned that I, like when I was younger, I couldn't say things with my mouth. I was better with writing it. Mm. Somehow I felt like either like a throat chakra thing or something. I just had a hard time verbalizing yeah. the thing, but writing it just came so easily. And that's why journaling is good for me now because it helps me like process my feelings and get emotional things out of my body type of thing. And and texting was was best for that child in that moment. And I, yeah. I really appreciate that 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 they even had that. Yeah. And I wish I could remember where I saw that so I could give credit where it's due, but something I saw online. Okay. So where Janine can people find you if they want to hear your podcast, if they want to just know more about you, where can people find you? Sure. So where I am now mostly lives on thanksdivorce.com. That's all regular spelling, thanksdivorce.com. You can learn about the podcast, where to listen to it, and you can learn more about me there. And I'm on Instagram as yes, Janine, but it's Y-E-S-S-J-A-N-I-N-E. And that's, that's me right now. Hey, that goes back to your question of, you know, what's my yes? (laughs) What, where does your yes live? That's what it was. I wrote it down when you said it. Where does your yes live? That one's going to go a long way for me. So yes, Janine, Y-E-S-S-J-A-N-I-N-E and thanksdivorce.com. Yep, that's me. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining me today and for this conversation and the one we recorded for your podcast. I am so, so thankful that we got connected. Yes, I I thank you for inviting me on. This has been a pleasure and a joy. Yay, thanks. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You have so many options to choose from, and I love that you chose the Most True You podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing and reviewing the podcast, particularly via iTunes. You can find out more information about our guests in the show notes, and you can find out more information about me on my website at ikellyirene.com and more information about the podcast at Most True youpodcast.com. Until next week, many blessings, my friends.